The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, John Gilligan. I do an armed robbery. I do a robbery. I never went into houses. I, I never robbed houses. I never tied up people in houses. I'd be driving around the factories every day of the week and I would look into the factories while they're open and walk into the factory and ask them, did you want any rubbish dumped in this? And I'd be looking where the cameras is. So I used to open a van with all the tyres and just put them at the back wall and a few wine bottles and throw them down beside it and pour petrol over the tyres. And uh, the blaze be so intense that I used to weaken the wall and go back three or four days later, you could take the wall down with a, with a wood chisel and a screwdriver. You just pick through the People used to say, how much will we get and this and that? I go, we might get jailed. We don't get anything till we get it over here until we sell it. And that's when we get something. One of Ireland's most notorious and feared criminals speaking on the record in a startling and chilling new book released to coincide with the broadcast of a major three-part documentary series on Virgin Media, uh, which started last night. Uh, Jason O'Toole is the author of uh, The Gilligan Tapes, uh, which is in book form and involved in those interviews, of course. Uh, Jason, good morning. Good morning, Pat. I watched it last night. It's an extraordinarily compelling uh, program, and it's, uh, of course, the the companion to uh, your book. Uh, John Gilligan, um, he's glib, he's articulate, um, and he's in many ways loathsome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, he, he was attempting to put his best foot forward here, but um, the, the according to the Irish Times this morning, you know, he, he obviously failed in that. Um, you know, they said very similar words to what you just said there. Um, but he is a very interesting character. Now, how did you persuade him uh, to go on the record? Because there are uh, dozens of hours of uh, tapes with him talking and uh, obviously to be edited down into book form or edited down into television form. Uh, you've got to throw uh, a lot of it aside. But how did the whole thing come about? Um, it was Back in 2007, um, through Giovanni De Stefano, I was over in Rome interviewing him for Hot Press, and I asked if by any chance he could um, arrange to set up an interview for me with John Gilligan, and he did a few months later. And then in 2013, um, I interviewed Gilligan again when he was released from Portlaoise Prison, and we talked about the idea of doing a book at that time. To, um, but I... I, I I was turned off the idea because Gilligan refused to talk about being a drug dealer at that that point because he was still involved in his legal cases with Cab. So um, it would have been a bit like interviewing Neil Armstrong and not talking about, you know, going to the moon. So what happened was um, last year, Gilligan out of the blue rang up Hot Press and left a voicemail looking for me. I no longer worked there. So um, but they they passed on his on his message and he, I phoned him up and he asked, would I be interested in, in, in interviewing him for a book? And um, I said to him, you know, if if I did do a book, it would have to be my book. I'm not going to be your, you know, your spokesperson. Um, I mean, you said in the introduction, you told him you'll have to buy a copy <laughs> yourself yeah, yeah, to find out what's in it. Yeah. So then I, I, I said to him, um, how about I record all these interviews for for a, potentially a documentary? And uh, he thought about that for a while and then he came back and he said, OK, let's do it. So over the course of a year, uh, I would go for four or five days. He's based in Torrefieta and I would travel down to him and, uh, you know, do two or three hours of interviews a day. 
Um, I had to figure out how to learn to use cameras. I bought two 4K cameras. And then eventually after I had about 35 hours or so of um, footage, I approached a publisher and I and I approached um, David Harvey, the producer, to, to see if he wanted to um, you know, mm. collaborate with me on this. And he, he was quite enthusiastic mm. about it. So that's now, how it came. He laid down uh, two conditions, preconditions. One was no talk of the present whereabouts or activities of his ex-wife, Geraldine, and uh, children. And then the second uh, precondition, which uh, I suppose came to fruition yesterday, no talk of his current Spanish legal difficulties, which have been resolved with a suspended sentence yesterday. Yes, and I, I think I think that was fair enough. He, he, you know, he wanted to he want he didn't want to um, anything about the family in the book because he he feels they've been you know um, upset enough by comments made in the past. Um, so you know. I suppose that was fair enough, but everything else was was um, open to discussion. Now, he came from a, a background where the, his father was a gambler and really was his tutor in, in crime, uh, and he moved from petty thievery up to um, eventually uh, robbing banks and robbing factories and all the rest. They gave up on the banks, uh, I, I saw last night in the programme, because it was too hazardous. The cops developed uh, systems and the banks developed security systems. So he started to go for factories and he'd steal everything, video recorders, television sets, uh, famously in the documentary last night, Nilfisk vacuum cleaners. Yeah, um, but... It's it, yeah. He he got out of armed robbery because he was afraid he was going to be shot. And as he says, and I think he said in the, in last night's episode, uh, if he had to, he w- he would have shot a guard to get away from an armed robbery. So that's why he got into robbing uh, uh, factories instead because he felt it was safer. But he, he's not really some kind of working class Robin Hood hero. You know, he's he's not a helpless victim of fate or society. It's, this is not really yeah. a, you know a soft story, even though he had a, a terrible background. He had. He had plenty of opportunities to walk away from his life of crime. Uh, you know, John Gilligan, by his own self-confession here, he chose to be a criminal. He chose to act in that manner. Yeah. Uh, I mean, easy money had uh, its huge attractions for him. The The whole ethical basis, though, for the TV documentaries and the, and the book, I mean, the book may be less obvious, but... Um, it was like a masterclass in how to rob factories and, you know keys getting keys out of letterboxes and things last night i mean did you have any ethical qualms about uh, giving this guy all this attention well i i don't think it's a master class in some ways because technology has moved on so he, he's talking about robbing factories in the 70s and 80s and uh, security systems would be far better now i mean gilligan wouldn't be able to break into a factory these days he wouldn't have the wherewithal to figure out how to crack the the alarm system now. But I mean, you yourself, uh, Pat, you interviewed Dutchie Holland in in the past. Yeah, and it never got broadcast. It was stopped by uh, the Director General. It was quite extraordinary. I thought uh, the mission I had to go to London, interview Dutchie Holland in um, Jury's Hotel in Kensington. Um, I went with a a former colleague, the late Colm Keane, and uh, we did the interview. And before we reached Heathrow to go home, um, it had been axed by the Director General at the behest of the Garda Commissioner. Extraordinary. And um, I read it um, in, I think it was McGill, published excerpts from it at the time. Uh, and it was a really, really good interview. But I mean, this, this documentary is coming under a, a, some attack from different quarters. And 
I was just surprised by that because nobody criticised um, the author Mark O'Connell for interviewing Double Murder Mark uh, Malcolm MacArthur for his his book. You know, and um, I, I I kind of carefully defined my task in this project to to to, to um, for it to be a portrait of a criminal. It's and it's, it really is for you know down to the audience to to, to judge his act, actions. Now he uh, he denied in court. He denied uh, always that he w- did not order the the killing of Veronica Guerin. Um, did you believe him? Um, it's it's like um, David Harvey said last night on um, uh, or has I said on uh, in a few different interviews himself that uh, he he finds it very hard to believe that. Um, members of a gang would go rogue on a criminal boss and uh, i i said i say to gilligan in one of the episodes um it doesn't add up how you're connected with all these people but yet they you know aspire to behind your back um kill veronica Guerin. but he's adamant that they did that and that's that's his side of the story he's he's adamant that john trainer um told brian mean to uh, organize the assassination and that they got charlie bowden to act as the gunman. And yet um, uh, the, uh, a lot of the talk was that Dutchie Ho- Holland had been the man on the back of the motorbike. So Yes, and um, some, yet some eyewitnesses um, have, have said that um, the killer looked younger than Dutchie and Dutchie would have been a very uh, distinctive character if you remember his broken nose um, he, he had um, and he was middle-aged man at the time. So, uh, and he was never, I don't believe Dutchie was, uh, Dutchie was not charged with the murder anyway. He was charged with drugs. Um, it was so, an extraordinary time. Dutchie Holland came back in through Dunleary on the ferry with a, a, some sort of eavesdropping thing in his shoe. Uh, the, really ex- extraordinary times. Interesting, uh, I think it was in the trailer for the next uh, episode of the television series, He's asked how he felt about Veronica Guerin being shot when he heard she. What was your reaction? I felt nothing. And, yeah, and and yet there's a testimony that he had attacked uh, Veronica Guerin, and you know because of the marks on her face, and seems to think this was all done with uh, makeup or whatever. And um, he threatened her in the company of a barrister, threatened her her husband, threatened her child, and uh, he denies all that. He says I never spoke once to her on the telephone. Yeah, well, you know, if, if they say a picture speaks a, a thousand words, and obviously that picture of Veronica Guerin's face does. It speaks more than that. Um, you know, Gilligan in, in the book and in the documentary, he repeatedly says that he didn't make these phone calls, and he he says that um, in the court they 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 couldn't find any evidence of calls made to his uh, to Veronica Guerin's phone during that period, and he and he and he and he repeatedly says. That um, he he would have been convicted of the murder if they had if they had um, um, linked him to any phone calls to Veronica. Yeah, well, uh, as I say, it's you know you've mixed feelings when you're watching it, but it is um, compelling, and there are two more parts to come. Uh, a final thing: uh, the Minister for Justice says you wouldn't be watching it. Um, I was thinking, well, maybe ministers, be they justice or in other portfolios in cabinet. They, it is an education about the the way people from the so-called criminal class think. It's a job. Jail is just part of the hazards that uh, go along with that job. But it could be quite insightful for uh, the forces of law and order. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Pat. Um, 
it would it would be good to have a minister for justice and a minister for drugs that would be smart enough to watch a documentary on one of Ireland's biggest um dr- you know drug barons. They are both uh, utterly losing their wars. Um, the, the first principle of war is to know your enemy, and the and the their actions and attitudes go a long way towards explaining why they're losing uh, out here. Uh, you know, a minister for justice and a minister for drugs should be really embarrassed not to be watching a, a portrait of uh, a. Uh, all right, Jason, uh, we have to we have to leave it there. The book is called The Gilligan Tapes, Ireland's Most Notorious Crime Boss, in his own words, published by Merion Press and available pretty much everywhere. Uh, Jason O'Toole, thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.